The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. special isolation edition of Eat This with Leanne. Here's Leanne Phillipson. Have you ever told someone, you've lost weight, you look great, or said as you justify eating your favorite treat, I'm having a cheat day? Well, believe it or not, that speaks to our diet culture and a typical goal of food and eating being more about weight loss than anything else. What exactly is diet culture anyway? Well, I'm glad you asked. Experts say that it's a belief system that focuses on and values weight, shape, and size over well-being. Really, it's about the rigid eating patterns of dieting that could kind of sound like health and healthy eating, but really, it focuses on lack in some way or another. Hmm. Okay, let that one sink in for a little bit. Diet equals lack. Yeah. In my opinion, lack, it's like a lack of nourishment, both from nutrients and also from feelings. But for the sake of what? The perfect svelte body, having that ideal body image, whatever that might be? Or is it all about health? Or what about having maybe some control in your life? I think it all boils down to happiness. Wanting to feel happy within yourself, about yourself, and with the choices that you make. We all know the association between what you put in your mouth, the shame, the loathing that you can feel at that moment, and then how you feel about your body after. From all the diets that I've talked about over the years, from keto to Whole30 to fasting, carnivore, plant-based, just to name a few, none of them actually take into account how you feel about what you're eating. So what's the flip side to all of this? Well, gaining an awareness and even popularity is intuitive eating. Yes, I said intuitive. Does that mean you have to find your inner psychic before you sit down for a meal? I, like you, have many questions about this way of eating, and I've been told it is not a diet. It's a way of living, an approach to eating, and that can halt a lot of the worry that we have about food that can really rob you of just feeling joy. So today on Eat This with Leanne, intuitive eating. All the questions that I could come up with and fit in under an hour about this concept of a non-diet. like to say that I'm a pretty tuned in individual. I use my intuition a lot in life. And this is a topic that I've seen out and about and wanted to delve in deeper to. Now going into this, don't misconstrue this for an unhealthy binge eating fest and a license to eat all the food all at once. Nope, that's not what this is. But because this is not an area of my expertise, I brought on someone who is. Tara Whitney is a certified intuitive eating counselor and an intuitive eating coach. She has trained with Evelyn Tribal, who calls herself the original eating pro and has written the book called Intuitive Eating. Tara herself is a published author and a speaker. She's leading a revolution of women who are listening to their own internal wisdom, respecting and nourishing their bodies, and ultimately trusting themselves in every area of their lives. Now, guys, don't turn away from this because we definitely talk about you too. In her latest book, Tara uh, wrote is called Hungry, Trust Your Body and Free Your Mind Around Food. And it offers a fresh perspective on why women, because that's who she works with, have struggled with food and gives them a path to set themselves free. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, 
So thank you so much, Tara Whitney, for uh, for coming on the podcast and for everything that you're about to share with us. Because this is going to be this is going to be a, a big one. This is something that I've wanted to talk about for a really long time and just hadn't found the right person. So thank you for it being you. Can you first of all tell us a little bit about about what you do, about your background, just so we know you know where what area of expertise you're coming from? Yeah, I'm happy to be here. So I'm a certified intuitive eating counselor. I'm a transformational coach, and I work with women to transform their relationship with food. And I do that by getting them reconnected with their bodies. Mm. And my experience as a yoga teacher, and I also um, have studied Reiki and other healing modalities, um, alternative healing modalities. And just being able to connect back in, it allows the women I work with to, uh, to really restore all the confidence that they may have lost in their struggles with food and to be able to trust themselves again. That sounds amazing. Now, I know on this podcast, I have a lot of male listeners. Mm -hmm. So while you've worked with women and, and, you know, everything that you say, I would imagine that, that this is all absolutely applicable to the men listeners as well. Oh, absolutely. I would say that um, when it comes to the, the struggles that people might have with food that really I find that the solutions are the same okay. kind of how they might've come to that place. Men and women might be slightly different, slightly, right. slightly different, but, but the solutions are absolutely the same. Okay. So tell us about intuitive eating. Is this like another diet? Is this, <laughs> you know, another 30 day something or another? Sure. What? So yeah. just break, break it down for us. Cause this is like what everybody wants to know. Right. What, what is this? What is this thing? And do you have to be intuitive to do it? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the biggest, that's the next question. Hot on the heels of this, of this first one. So yeah, yeah go for it. Intuitive eating is a set of 10 principles and okay. it's not a diet. It's really meant to, to really heal people's relationship with food. And in doing so, it, um, it, the 10 principles that it offers actually helps you to undo the diet. You know, for people mm -hmm. who have been dieting for most of their life, trying to lose weight, what happens is there's a lot of weight cycling that happens. And what intuitive eating does is it gets people back into their body, allows them to tune back into their body and to be able to restore the connection that they have with their body's natural um, signals and, uh, and, and signs that, that guide them to know how to eat, eat when they're hungry, stop when they're full, know what certain foods might really nourish them in a, really, um, in a way that offers them a lot of vitality. So what it, um, what's most exciting about intuitive eating right now is it's been, it's been around for a while. And in the last five or so years, it's been heavily researched. And so now we have data that we can go to where we can say, as a result of, of people who incorporate intuitive eating in their life, they have been able to um, minimize eating disordered behavior they're able to improve their body image and basically be able to create a healthier relationship with food. Wow. And you just mentioned about disordered eating. Now, from what I understand of intuitive eating, this could be for anyone, not necessarily who feels like they have an eating disorder, mm -hmm. but, but perhaps over the years they've done different diets or, or but then they find themselves right back up again and then they try something else and then it, it, i mean my clients that come to me have tried pretty much everything and yeah. and i and i just think your poor body you know your poor self right um so one thing that you mentioned kind of off the top is is getting back in your body mm -hmm. so i have an understanding of what that is but just to 
just to elaborate that a little bit so that people really understand. I do think you explained it, but I just wanted to circle back from that in case somebody's brain just kind of went, get 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 in my body. I'm in my body. What do you know? Oh gosh, I totally know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about. So, you know, I, and I can, I can speak from the experiences of my clients and the experiences that um, I had personally. So I started dieting at a really young age, which I didn't realize at the time was the average age, you know, back in the early 80s, mid 80s or so in the United States, um, the average age a girl started to diet was 12. And now it's eight. In the United States, the average age a girl starts to diet is eight years old, which feels even more heart-wrenching to me. And, and there's a lot of reasons. I think, I think everyone kind of has their own story or their own journey around when they might have started to diet. For those who have, a lot of times they get influenced by their parents, of course. by their peers, maybe by coaches, by teachers, or just the media in general. Um, but what the what diets do, and I and I know that you know this, Leanne, but but it gives people a set of rules, and the right. rules are all external. So it's eat a certain number of calories, eat mm-hmm. this food, don't eat that food. Um, maybe eat during certain times of the day, or don't you know don't eat past eight o'clock. That was a big diet rule that I had. Um, yeah world of intermittent fasting there's this rule that you know eat for eight and fast for 16 right so That's there's a, a typical one there's a there's another rule of 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 no matter what your hunger is you yep. know follow this rule and so all of this guidance comes from the outside right and so for those who have been really used to following rules and and re- um, regardless of hunger and fullness, then what it does is it shuts them off from the natural signals. So when, when clients come to me, I'll say, well, how do you know you're hungry? And, and they really don't have an answer. They think it's all from their belly. But there's a right. lot of ways we can experience hunger. There's a lot of ways that, um, so there's a lot of ways that hunger reveals itself that isn't just a, a growling belly. Mm-hmm. It comes from, it can come from a mood. It can come from an energy level. It can come from even thoughts about food. We can be calm and then all of a sudden very impatient and very short tempered yeah. when we're hungry. Yeah. And so what intuitive eating is able to do is reacquaint us back with, with those signals of our body that are uh, robust, that the dieting has cut us off from. And then we get to reacquaint ourselves with them. I think with everything that you just listed, which was so useful to what those signs of hunger are, I can imagine there are going to be people that say, I think I'm hungry all day long. (laughs) I go go from, you know, feeling quite good in the morning, maybe after exercising. And then, you know, my energy starts to slope and wane a little Mm -hmm. bit. And then somebody says something to me and, oh, I get crabby. So, oh, does that mean I'm hungry? So I think, I think this takes, this takes some practice and this takes Mm -hmm. some awareness in understanding what your cues are. And just like you said, all of these rules, I talked a week or so ago on radio about the keto diet and Mm -hmm. there's still those conversations going on just before you and I chatted I talked about uh, about snacks on radio again and and I could there are so many so many conversations around snacking and the snackathon that our children do since being in isolation and and in quarantine and and even going back to the to the children, I can recall when Weight Watchers brought out, I don't remember the name of it, I want to say Turbo, but that's not it, the app for children. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I talked so much in the media about that because it just is that diet culture, that diet mentality. Um, myself, I can remember my mom was always quite slim and she was 
always on a diet, but, but tall and slim. She was probably about five foot eight, five foot nine and, and slim. And, and her, um, her sisters were not the same body shape as she was. And she was always in fear of becoming overweight and that we lived through that. So that absolutely yeah. impacted my sisters and I, no matter what. And yeah. she, she would say to us, Oh my gosh, if you just keep on eating that way and you keep on eating all that crap, you're going to end up looking like such and such or you know and then I think well uh, I don't you know as a young as a as a young adult or you know around 8 10 12 I would think I didn't even notice I didn't even notice that a person was maybe necessarily overweight or underweight or there's a there's a there's a time where people are just people and mm-hmm. they're they're not put into any kind of category and I have two daughters who are 14 and 16 and and I even find myself saying, you know, hey, that's a lot of sugar that you've had today. Do you think maybe, you know, and teach them about the impact of, of different foods. And I can see that maybe you're a bit hungry and trying to teach them to be more aware of their bodies. But I just think a lot of these rules are are ingrained. They're just, you think that this is normal. Isn't this just how everybody is or how everybody yeah. eats and and pays attention to other people? Or as you said, everything is, it's so external. This is Eat This with Leanne. Oh my gosh, Leanne, you've, you've brought up so many important things to recognize and to talk yeah. about. And really awareness is such a critical piece to um, well, it's a, a critical piece to journeying through our life, but it's a critical piece around really having a relationship with food that's one in which we're connected to our bodies. And I, I'm so glad you brought up diet culture because for me, when I kind of knew or found out what diet culture was all about, because I had no idea. I didn't know what, I didn't know diet culture was a thing. And then when I recognized, when I got educated and I realized what it was, that's one of the first conversations I have with my clients being able to say, do you, let's talk about diet culture and let's talk about what it is and how it arrived and all the influences that come from it. Because without that awareness of what diet culture is, it's like we, we can't undo the um the impact of it we can't be able to at least point a finger and say this is the reason why i feel so compelled to lose weight all the time Mm -hmm. this is why i think dieting is normal this is why i have friends in which you know 90% of the conversation is around food and weight loss and recipes. This is why I have food on my mind 95% of my day. Like recognizing what that force is, is so important. And, And really in definition, it is the idealized, it's, it's when we idealize a thin body And then we hold a certain diet in high regard. So we say, oh, you're someone who, uh, let's just say, for example, you eat a vegan diet. So therefore, you must be a better person than somebody else. And if you're someone who, you know, is, is eating a cheeseburger with fries, then somehow that might mean you're, you don't care about your health mm-hmm. as much as the person who's drinking their kale smoothie yes. and eating their, you know, <laughs> almond butter energy bars. Yes. I bought into that. I, like as a yoga teacher and a yoga studio owner, um, I totally, I didn't realize I bought into it, but I just went with the crowd. Yeah. And like I just followed the the path of where everybody was going and didn't question it. And but then when I recognized it and thought, geez, it, it needs to stop here. Like yeah. this is this is not serving me at all because yeah. it's taking me out of my body. You know, it's funny, I um 
I did a 40-day program with, with one of my yoga teachers. It's a fantastic program. It was life-changing, but the, there was a component of it that, that was a diet-based. It had us remove certain foods from our diet. Mm-hmm. And then for three days, we were supposed to only eat fruit. Oh. And that okay. was it. And I, and I I did this 40-day transformational program a few times. And I realized later, doing what I was supposed to do, doing what my yoga teachers were doing, thinking, well, they're doing it and they're healthy and transformed and mindful and aware. So this must be this must be right. Yep. And then later, as I really undid so much of that for myself, I looked back and I thought, I had never neglected my body as much as I did during that 40-day program. I was, mm. I was starving. Oh, no. I was so ungrounded, like yeah. so ungrounded. Like my whole head was like, woo, in the clouds, yeah. cranky. Um, I couldn't, I wasn't getting enough calories. So I was very, very hungry. And, yeah. you know, food was always, food was all I could think about. I right. Mean, that's Cause it, you were, you were so hungry. Because I was starving, right? Yeah. I mean, our, our bodies are pretty, our bodies are pretty amazing that way that if, if, if we're eager for food, our body is like demanding food. It's going to send a signal to the brain and say, start Start getting a meal together, please. It's time yeah. for you to eat. Let's start yep. thinking about what kind of food you want to eat next. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so interesting, and and is. I think and I think that really shows that being out of your body, being not in tune, I think is uh, is a another way of saying it is listening to your body listening to I'm hungry get making a meal and then you start thinking about uh, about the pizza or the donuts or or the or the banana and almond butter whatever it happens to be but then we learn that no don't listen to that just squash it squash it squash it squash Mm. it and then there's like this back and forth absolute yo-yo situation of not only weight and how you're feeling and how you actually go through your day and and just ignoring the signals ignoring the little whispers that happen and i sometimes you know i'm quite an intuitive person and one of the questions i had for you is does anyone who wants to sort of dabble in this or 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 think about this think who's not intuitive do you have to be um an intuitive and i definitely would say um would say no, but I'll let you as the ex- expert speak to that because I have my own experience of what, how I learned my intuitive messages and signals and, and whispers and all of those kind of things mm. that I'll share after. But if you could, could speak to that about, you know, intuitive eating, does that mean that you have to have some, you know, <laughs> mental Secret awareness, power? psychic <laughs> sort of you know get your tarot card card cards out to know to know what your what your next meal should be sure and commune with your higher spirit yeah i no absolutely not here's the way i look about look at it um we were born intuitive eaters Right. We were born, you know, you're, you're a mom, I'm a mom. Yep. If I ever tried to overfeed my newborn baby, like he, he or she was having nothing of it. Even yep. my toddlers, even my young children, if I ever said, um, come on, come on over here, it's, it's time to eat. And they weren't hungry. They were not going to sit down and eat a meal yep. or a snack. So children, we were born born knowing exactly when we were hungry we were born knowing when we didn't need food and so this is really and we were born into diet culture yes (laughs) so what you know like I said intuitive eating is a way to undo what's been rained on us it's able to undo and restore us back and so what it really does is this idea of body attunement. Are you aware of the sensations that your body shares? Are you aware of your heartbeat? Are you mm. aware of your breath? Are you aware of what your breath feels like in your body? Not just 
not just filling up your chest, but maybe filling up your belly? Can you can you notice sensations um, in your throat? Can you notice sensations in your shoulders? And what I love about intuitive eating is it's like opening a doorway mm. because when you start to get really tuned into your body sensations around food, then all of a sudden you can get into the sensations around other things as well. I mean, our bodies are sharing information with us all the time. Like, haven't you been in a busy shopping mall or walked in, I don't know, down the streets of a busy city and you've gotten a sense of like, hmm, no, just something's amiss. This doesn't feel right. Yep. Or, or you've met someone, no, no matter what their exterior, you were like, I feel that person's heart. I feel mm-hmm. their warmth. I feel their generosity. And it doesn't come from an exchange of words. It comes yes. from, an ex- from an experience in our bodies yeah. and a knowing that we have. And yeah. so... You know, for some people who've been cut off from our bodies, like what we've been really cut off from is this power source. Because I I see that under like being able to listen to those little whispers, yes, around food, yes, around hunger and fullness, yes, around our general self care, but also it offers us information around. Like, what are we passionate about? Like, what do we want in our lives? Like, what are we, what lights us up? Like, what's, you know, people talk about our zone of genius. We know zone of genius is a feeling. It is not something that we get that gets confirmed by somebody saying, Oh, Leanne, your zone of genius is you are amazing at interviewing people and you are brilliant (laughs) podcast hosts. Like, no, like, you know, your zone of genius is coming from this place where you are in absolute and utter flow. Like you are present and you are offering the world your special sauce and you know you're in your zone of genius based on how you feel in your body. If we take that back to food and eating, Mm -hmm. Mm I would imagine that there are some times where people think, oh, I'm just feeling the donut or Mm. I'm feeling the sweet or, you know, so does, does, does intuitive eating mean that you feel like eating something and then go for it? Mm, Such a good question. And in some ways, I think this is where intuitive eating gets a little bit of a bad rap. Exactly. And and coming from a place of fear. Like I think your story about your mom is a really important one and a very common one is that, is that for, for women, it's like we fear weight gain. We fear somehow losing a thin body status. Mm -hmm. And, And here is where, you know, there's this fear of like, oh my gosh, I can't trust myself around sugar because I'm going to go out of control. I'm going to be right. out of control. So here's, yes. what, here's what we know and here's what the research shows is that, is that the mentality of I can't have that, the, the restriction mindset, the, oh, I need to have, this is going to be my last supper, mm-hmm. actually creates the drive for more food mm-hmm. when it comes to the forbidden food. So a great example is where, you know, if you've ever, um, you know, thrown a, a, a birthday party or had your children go to a birthday party, you know, what I'll notice or, or what's common sometimes is if, if a child hasn't been allowed certain foods, maybe yeah. sh- like cake or ice cream, it's going to be like, oh, I need to, I need to eat this now because when I go home, this food's not available to me. I can't have this food. Yep. And so it becomes, it becomes special. It yes. becomes this coveted. It becomes this like, ooh, I have to have this now because I don't know if I'm ever going to allow myself to have that again. Mm-hmm. And so, so the other side of it, the way, the way we, uh, we look at it from an intuitive eating perspective is what would it be like to take out the emotional charge out of all foods? Hmm. What would it be like if 
if, if you looked at all foods in a neutral way, that food, you actually, food had no power over you. Sugar had no power. Kale had no power. Cake, cookies, um, Greek yogurt, like it was all neutral. It was right. all, it all had a level playing field. And then, so, so there's a healing process behind that, by the way. That's that yeah. I said that simply for some people, putting that into practice could take months. Yes. Getting to the place where you could say, uh, a piece of cake or a blueberry and strawberry fruit salad, I'm going to look at those in the same way. Part of that is healing from the diet trauma. Right. And being able to trust your body, being able to trust yourself around all foods. So I can seeing, imagine that's huge from the deprivation mm -hmm. situation. And I've seen this and that's is something that's on my mind with my, with my children as I have taught them as a nutritionist, we've had the conversation many times, you know, I'm a nutritionist. So no, there's not going to be the Halloween candies in your lunchbox mm -hmm. after October 31st, like all of your friends have because of this, this and this, your immune system and, and your skin and that, you know, all the reasons and all the cause and effect situations that we see. But then I also notice in them that when there is, when there are those sweets and candies and sugar around, then yeah, they just go for it. So it already is a forbidden food for, for, you know, in some ways for my kids. And I'm not saying that we don't, we go for ice cream, we have cake, we eat, we do that. We do those kind of things. However, more on a, on a kind of treat special occasion type of type of side. So everything that you're saying is definitely making me think, wow, I've already implemented or, or, or what came through to me from my mother and my upbringing and what was modeled to me. I'm now, Influ that's part of the influence of what my children have grown up with. And that's, mm -hmm. that's huge. You know, I'm a nutritionist. I'm a mom. I'm quite aware. I'm trying to do the best job as we all are. Yes, and, of course. and I've of already, course. I can already, I can already see that, you know, not only in my kids, but then also how I grew up as well. So I'm mm -hmm. sure this is, I'm sure this is resonating for so many listeners. Somewhere between her jeans collection and her sock drawer, this is Eat This with Leanne. A couple of weeks ago, I did a, did a couple of episodes, one on self-care and then one on mindful eating. Mm -hmm. So what I explained in that episode was about being present. So taking a few, few breaths before you mm -hmm. go and sit down at the table. And, and actually with my producer, Chris, I went through the whole process of, you know, put, bringing the food to, to, your, to your mouth, to your lips, to feeling it on the inside of your mouth. What, what's the sensation? And I sort of compared it a little bit to like orgasmic eating, which of course, mm -hmm. you know, he says, oh, now you've got my attention. <laughs> so, so, uh, so in the sense of mindful eating, is there a difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating? And if there is, what is it? Mindful eating sits inside of intuitive eating. Okay. You know, it sits, it sits inside because part of being in tune with our bodies means we're naturally mindful. Right. You know, we're paying, we're paying attention to how the food tastes. We're, we're being, we're being in the experience of eating. Right. We're allowing ourselves to enjoy food. And right. that is absolutely, um, that that's all mindfulness and it's so to to give ourselves permission to mm -hmm. choose a food that we're really going to enjoy and then giving ourselves the time and the space to just fully enjoy it is a beautiful gift yes. and to be able to do that whether it's a cheesecake or a fruit salad is also a, a tremendous gift. And, and so I consider the biggest difference is what we talked about before. Like you, you can, someone could be on a diet and be a mindful eater. Okay. An intuitive eater 
is around rejecting the diet mentality. Okay. And then you get to say, how do I want to feel? How do, what, do, what experience do I want to have in my body right now? And being able to choose a food based on how we want our bodies to feel. Not like, not with the assumption that, you know, salads are the only right way for us to, to, to bring us vitality. You know, a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich might, might feel and taste fantastic. Mm-hmm. It might be the best choice we could be possibly making right now. Yeah. Yeah. But, but being able to be in our body and connected to our body is really what's required to do that. So intuitive eating, there's some other pieces to that besides just the mindfulness. The other mm-hmm. thing that I love is there's no right or wrong. There's no, I need to do it this way. There's, it, it offers room for plenty of experimentation. Mm. So Very cool. someone might say, like when I start working with my clients, a client say who who were working to kind of create this food neutral view of of food mm-hmm. it sometimes it needs to be very gentle and it needs to be well what what food feels safe for you to bring back into your diet right now how can you how can you bring back a food that you can enjoy and really give yourself full permission to eat without any guilt and it could that could be easy or that could be something that could be very triggering right so taking it with experimentation is is something where you can just you know it's like you get to be in it and you get to be you get to play you get to flow in it you get yeah. to say no matter what i do there are no mistakes that's that's fascinating because of all the thousands of clients that i've worked with over the years of you know being in nutrition for over 20 years now i know that there are people that need that need boundaries they need they need the tell me what to eat and how much to eat because I would imagine that there's not that trust of themselves mm-hmm. of knowing when to stop and actually just saying forget all the boundaries, forget all the restrictions would freak them out so much. But on the other side of it, I can also imagine that if you said to someone, you can go and eat anything that you feel like eating, I don't think it would become an ice cream fest for the next four weeks. I think people would probably get pretty bored with Mm -hmm. yet another you know, package of Oreos or, you know, chips for dinner or those kind of things there. We all kind of want to rebel to a certain extent of what we think breakfast, lunch and dinner should look like. But at the same time, you know, in my mind, I'm kind of thinking, okay, well, if I said to someone, just go ahead and have whatever it is that you feel like, um, I can imagine some of my clients would say, whoa, well, what happened to that meal plan? Yeah, and I can give you an example of, of a client I worked with recently who was binging regularly. Okay. Um, which is, you know, eating eating a large amount of food when she was physically not hungry. Yeah. And um and so we were working on offer you know, working on that unconditional permission to eat. Yeah. And and so as we, we talked about Oreos, so funny that you brought Oreos up because that yeah. was that was her go-to food. She loved Oreos. And, and I said, you know, what would it be like because you love Oreos so much? Do you think they'd be more enjoyable for you when you ate them when you were hungry? And, and that's the beautiful thing about our body is when we're hungry, food tastes so good mm-hmm. and that's one of the other signals that our body offers us like you may notice this but when when i know for me like when 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 my body's starting to say mm, you've had enough i think you're pretty good like this is probably your last bite it's yep. because the food i'm eating tastes different it that is not as flavorful it's not as vibrant my my taste buds the sensations that i'm receiving are starting to get dulled so that's a little bit of an aside 
But so as we talked about, right, you know, how could she really enjoy these Oreos? What would it be like if she gave herself permission? And, and we came up with this idea that she could eat them for breakfast. And I'm like, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm <laughs> this is the advice I'm giving. I like, I questioned myself right. Leanne, for like a half beat. And then I'm like, no, we're going to do this. And then yeah. sure enough, you know, she got back to me later that week. She said, Tara, I could only do it for three days. And now I don't want anything. Oreos are so unsatisfying to me. And that was the beginning. So a month later, she said, you know, I haven't binged in weeks. I haven't binged in weeks. Giving herself the permission. And trusting and seeing that she could trust herself and her and being able to tune in with her hunger and fullness, like saying, you get to trust yourself around food. And I know it sounds like you've taken a trip to crazy town, eating Oreos for breakfast. Who does that? (laughs) Sometimes, you know, to heal your relationship with food, um, you know, I had another client who said, you're not going to believe this, Tara. I only want one bowl of ice cream now. And for her, that's a big, big change. Just eating one bowl of ice cream. So, So to take someone who was eating several or more, you know, and then saying, one, I know now that I'm completely satisfied with this is remarkable right. because now she's not second guessing herself. She's not her confidence. Um, it's like she's not at the mercy of a package of Oreos. Like that's what is so critical to um, this work is that like taking our life, like taking your life back away from food, back into your body. Right. Saying, put me anywhere, put me at a wedding, put me at a barbecue, put me at a holiday dinner with pies and mashed potatoes. And I get to feed myself in a way that feels so nourishing. So I can, I can finish that event or whatever that was and know that the most important thing was that I got to be with friends and family. Yes. I got to be in like lovely, funny, thoughtful conversation. Right. I got to see people and watch them and interact with them. And I got to, I got to, I got to live. Right. I got to live instead of worry about, what I was eating. So much energy goes into what am I, what am I eating? What am I going to eat? Naturally, you know, if we put energy, if our, if our focus is on something, yeah, our energy naturally goes there. And then as you know, like everything expands. Like I love the analogy of um, like when, when you're shopping for a new car, And you're thinking, oh, do I want to buy, you know, whatever, that Honda Accord or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're driving around and like Honda Accords are everywhere. (laughs) Well, they kind of are anyway, but (laughs) but they're everywhere, everywhere you look, that's all you find. And you notice them. You notice them. It's because your attention and your focus was being put on that. And the same thing happens with food. And this is really inherently why, why diets are built in for really failure is because, you know, you tell someone don't eat sugar. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar. And and so the focus is, oh, there's sugar, I can't eat that. There's sugar, I can't eat that. Oh, look at there's sugar and ketchup, I can't have that. There's sugar here, there's sugar there, and 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 your your energy keeps expanding around sugar, mm. keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so there you are fighting yourself. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All yes. because you're trying to avoid something, but really what you've done is you put more attention. Yeah, on what you're trying to avoid. With thinking about weight loss and or even weight gain, um, I've heard with intuitive eating that you can maybe lose some weight, but maybe you don't lose weight and you mm-hmm. just stay where stay where you are. Can you speak to that and and what's what you see with your clients and in your experience? Sure. So it's an anti diet approach. 
like I said, right. it's okay. so if, if you went to someone who talked about intuitive eating and they said, I'm going to promise you weight loss, then, yeah. then know for certainty that that person is really not taking you through intuitive eating. So to know. because we, we don't promise weight loss. It's right. actually what we do say is how about if you put your weight loss goals aside right now, mm-hmm. how about if I know that chances are you've been wanting to lose weight maybe for most of your life. As we mentioned at the beginning of this conversation, you know, the average age now of girls that start dieting is the age of eight. So if, if you're talking about, you know, a 38 year old woman for 30 years, all she's known is wanting to to lose weight. Right. And so when we start working with intuitive eating, we say the goal is not weight loss. Now, <laughs> And I, and I'm just kind of circling back to the same thing. You know, one of three things can happen. You can lose weight. Yeah. Your weight can stay the same or you might gain weight. Okay. The, the question is, how does your body want to restore itself? Hmm. When you take away diet struggles, how does your body want to maintain the state of equilibrium? Now, for some people... That could naturally be a loss of weight, depending on where their body is. For yes. some people who have been dieting, they um, what what might naturally happen is they they gain weight. Their body is eager to put more weight on, mm-hmm. and then in some ways, you know, and sometimes their people's weight stays the same. So you know, in the world of uh, of diet culture, where the goal is always weight loss. Yeah. You know, what we're trying to do is say, actually, what if the goal is really about tuning into your body and getting a sense of how you feel? Being able to see your body is something that's worthy of acceptance, just as it is. And you mentioned this before, Leanne, like that, you know, putting your life on hold, saying, well, I'll be happy when I'm 10 pounds lighter. Mm-hmm. It's really just saying, I'm going to put my life on hold indefinitely until somehow my body is worthy of acceptance. Yeah. And very often when you get there, then you don't, you don't feel any better anyway, because that's not what's going to make you happy. I can only imagine the, the steps and, and the journey into starting to listen to yourself, what comes up for you for you in terms of hunger or what you feel like eating part of my nutritionist brain sort of says well what if nobody really ever feels like eating a vegetable or what if nobody wants any fiber or what if what if people don't maybe don't understand or they haven't been brought up in terms of what is uh, healthy for your body for your cells if you're not aware of those kind of things, which of course are in the forefront of my mind as a nutritionist, how does intuitive eating play into that? Yeah, you know, one of the principles is gentle nutrition. Okay. Absolutely, gentle nutrition, which is, which is the, you know, the, the basics, the very basics of, okay. of, of what makes a, a, a diet that gives us energy and vitality and fuels ourselves and makes us feel fantastic. So, so that's a that part is, of, that's a foundation I would imagine as part of yeah. it, the overall intuitive eating concept or philosophy or, or just way of approaching eating. So there are some foundational fundamentals that need to be talked about and taught as well. Yeah. And I would say, you know, as you were talking about for people who always want to lose weight, what happens is they take it on like a project. Yes. Like I, I have this project, I need to lose weight. I'm going to go from one diet maybe to the other. And every Monday morning I'm filled with hope. Yep. And the question is, has that project ever fulfilled its promise? You know, if the promise of the body project, the I'm going to lose weight project, yeah. was weight loss, did it fill its promise? Did, mm-hmm. it get, did, did it get you where you wanted to go? Because every, with every client I work with, they've always had one time where the diet worked. Mm-hmm. So we yes. go back and we say, what yeah. happened? so tell me about that time. What was life like? 
What was it like when you when you did Jenny Craig and you lost 40 pounds? What was it like when you joined Weight Watchers for their first time and you got back into your high school skinny jeans? What was it like? And they'll say, it, you know, it was great. You know, everyone complimented me. Everybody said that um, they were so happy with the way I looked. And then I'll say, well, how did it feel? And they were like, well, I was horrified. I was scared. I was afraid I was going to gain weight. I worried more. I was more stressed. Mm. I was more anxious. And so I'll say, so let me just get this straight. You, you lost the weight and it didn't make you happy. And they'll say, yeah, it didn't make me happy. Wow. That's fascinating. What a realization and what an, what, what, what a connection to make between the feeling and the experience. Yeah, the external outcome that yes. we think we need to achieve. There are so many times when I have that conversation with a client and I say, tell me about, tell me about your life of food and your life of eating. And there very commonly is the, I did this and it worked. Mm-hmm. There, there was, a, there was a, something I read from your website you deserve to have a relationship with food that's nourishing, simple, and loving. And I think that that there's such this typical love-hate relationship with food that we that we have, whether you're aware of it or not. So are there, you know, maybe like a three things or something like that, just to give listeners a, um, a few steps after they've yeah. listened, listened to this, this episode, obviously on, on leannephillipson.com, I'll have all of your contact info if people want to reach out, but for listeners to have some, some takeaways now, are there three things that, you know, that you could share that they could maybe just start on that helps them to understand this is not like a 30 day, okay, from now until whenever, this is what I'm going to do. It's actually something that would be integrated into everyday life, every meal, every, every thought um, or awareness. I think that would be, that would be really helpful for listeners. Yeah. Well, I would start by saying, recognizing that your body is your ally. I said it before and I'll say it again. It's, it's our power source. Right. And it's a simple, it's, our body is here for us. We only get one. Yeah. This is the one we have and it's offering us so much information. Mm -hmm. What does it look like when you tune in and listen? Mm -hmm. What is it like to be in your body and let it offer you its wisdom? So I would say that would be the first. And when it comes to, Um, a more tactical approach would be get to know your hunger and fullness. Okay. And then every time, if there are times where you want to dismiss your hunger and fullness, then just go a little deeper. You know, what would it be like if you gave yourself permission to eat when you were hungry? Mm. What would it be like if you, if you gave yourself permission to stop eating when you were full? Knowing that you get to eat, when you're hungry. So those two go hand in hand. Yeah. The second thing I would say is undoing, undoing dieting just takes a lot of awareness. Okay. So recognizing that maybe you've, maybe you've been living with um, food rules that you can let go of, you know, what would it be like to let go of the rule that you can't eat a meal past seven o'clock? What would it be like if you let go of the rule, you have to limit your carbs? What would it be like to let go of the rule that, um, I don't know, maybe there's too much sugar and fruit and you get to enjoy a big fruit salad? I mean, the rules are, are because there's so many diets, as you mm-hmm. know, Leanne, and there's yes. so many rules that go along with them. The, the rules can be just, or, or maybe the rule that, um, that you need to eat as little as possible. Right. Maybe letting go of that rule. That was a rule I had for myself. It was like, how can I just eat just, just the, the smallest amount so that I'm not too, too hungry. 
Mm-hmm. And then I had to let go of that and allow myself to feel really satiated, whatever it felt to be really satiated. And then the third thing is recognizing like we are not put on this earth to diet and we're not put on this earth to lose weight. And what would it be like if food could be something that we could really we could really receive pleasure and satisfaction from? Like we got to be so in tune with our body that it could be like, oh, I just had that piece of watermelon and it was just delicious. And just it be this really loving experience. Wow. Just like, like, damn, that was amazing. Yeah. You didn't need to look a certain way and I didn't need to justify it to anybody. I didn't, I didn't need to follow a diet protocol. Like I had, I had watermelon and, and then I had, like five chocolate covered almonds and it was the best snack ever. <laughs> right. Like, and it's just light and easy and loving. And yes, everyone deserves that because everyone's, you know, dieting is cutting us off from that pleasure source and it doesn't need to be, it doesn't need mm. to be. There's so much more to this. We could carry on in conversation and, and all the how to's and all of those kind of things. I'm sure in the, in this episode and just keep on going. So I'm going to defer to, uh, to, uh, for you to share with listeners, your website, your information. Again, I will have all of this, um, with links on leannephillipson.com, but for anybody who's, who wants that information right now, and I don't want to even have to you know, go to, go to the site, then why don't you just share where people can find you, please? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for this opportunity. I've loved this conversation. So uh, people can find me at tara-whitney.com. I'm one of those websites that has the dash between my first name and my last name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I, um, I have a book, Hungry, Trust Your Body and Free Your Mind Around Food, and it's available on Amazon. Excellent. And that's available both in paper copy and in an ebook. Great. And I um, and I have a program that's starting on July 13th, and it's a free program called Hungry for Change, exploring food freedom through intuitive eating. And so even just considering what is this intuitive eating thing, wanting to go a little bit deeper, understanding it more, um, we're going to be at it all week. It's five days. And so, you know, if, if, if your listeners are catching this and it's early on in the week, then just jump on in with me and we'll just, I'll be sharing a lot of information and it'll, it'll be, it'll be light and, and, but lots that you'll be able to, uh, to take in and ask questions as you like. For anybody who's, who says, oh my gosh, I'm listening to this in October, then what do I do? Just go, still go, still go to your website. This is something that you run and that you do that you do regularly. Yeah, I'll be offering okay. this program twice a year. I also offer pro- offer a program around emotional eating. It's Great. called Hungry Hungry for Peace, and I also offer a program around body acceptance called Excellent. Yeah, Hungry for Acceptance. So part of what I hope for listeners to walk away from by listening to all my podcast episodes, including this one, is that this does get you thinking and being curious and wondering about about yourself. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your expertise and sharing the experiences that you that you have with your clients and everything that you do. So thank you so much, Tara. Yeah, you're so welcome. This has been fantastic. Take care. Take care, Leanne. Thank you. This is Eat This with Leanne. Wow. 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 God, there was so much in there. What stood out for you? What I've taken away from speaking with Tara is really at the bottom of all of this is it comes down to how you feel about yourself the guilt and the shame around food and eating and like what's underneath all of that usually i find that there's some narrative of i failed and i'm not good enough and that can feel really heavy don't you think there's no joy in any of that there's not feeling good and we sort of just focus on this negative self-talk and while there can be a lot more to it there's that ticker tape of negativity that runs through your mind well and mine too that may not all be about food and how you feel about yourself with the aspect of food and diet but it absolutely contributes 
I don't know about you, but this topic sure has made me think about what I say and think around food, you know, and I'm the nutritionist. It also has me thinking about what I'm modeling for my teenage daughters. As Tara and I talked about what was modeled for me by my mom, of course, I wonder how my nutritionist ways and my influence has impacted my kids. There's so much more to talk about on this particular subject and many more. And in next week's episode, I'm going to do a slight pivot to talk a little bit more about the body image because so much of that came up during our discussion. And, you know, I I think all of us, to a certain extent, when you go and stand in front of a mirror, yep, a lot of that self-talk can can start up. really, really love to hear your stories, your thoughts and your experiences. So please comment under the show notes on leannephillipson.com or reach out on Sprout Rights or Leanne Phillipson's social media channels. I want to hear if this got you thinking and how. You'll also find Tara's contact details, her website or social media channels. So if you feel called to know more about intuitive eating, you'll find all that information on leannephillipson.com. Meanwhile, if you want to practice some intuitive eating on some really easy snacks, I've put together a little booklet of some of my favorite summertime snacks that you can take away to your backyard picnic or if you happen to be going to a barbecue. And these are slam dunk winners. They could be an even like a tasty add-on to a meal that'll make you look like an absolute pro. You'll be the talk of the backyard get-together for sure. Grab my recipe booklet from spreadright.com forward slash snacks for three great recipes and ideas, including my favorite goat's cheese dip recipe that I'm always asked to take when I say to someone, what can I bring to an invite or something involving some sort of noshing? So there you have it. Intuitive eating. I hope you have a great week. And, you know, maybe there's a few things that you'll think about uh, that got the wheels turning in your brain from this episode. Please share this valuable conversation with others. You never know who it's going to help. You can subscribe and you can rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. So as always, eat this one mouthful at a time. Mm